Hey everyone, you're listening to the PhD Survival Guide Podcast, the podcast made by PhD students for PhD students. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the importance of organizing your career, my top three tips on how to do this and how it can temper the roller coaster that is the PhD. I hope you enjoy this episode and let's roll out that nice intro music. And welcome back to the PhD Survival Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Firas, and this is episode six. I know last week we didn't have an episode, and that's on me, but uh, my parents were in town and they were visiting, and that's always a nice little retreat for me. So now that we're back into the groove of things, I do want to get another episode out for this week. And just as kind of like a scheduling thing, I think now the most important way or the best way for me to get out these episodes is to do it every Monday. So I'll take a little bit of time out of the weekend for myself to record an episode and then publish it on Monday. That way you guys can listen to it throughout the week. As always, guys, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or even ideas about topics that we should be talking about on this podcast, please let me know in the Q&A poll down below. So right under this episode, if you're listening on Spotify, you'll be able to see a question that says, what do you think we should talk about? Feel free to answer and populate that with anything, and I'll get to that as these uh, episodes come along. In other news, I actually started the PhD Survival Guide podcast Instagram account. So now, if you can't put any questions into Spotify, if you're not a Spotify user, then feel free to message us there at phdsg underscore pod. That's the PhD Survival Guide podcast Instagram page. I'll be uploading anything related to the podcast over there, and that way you guys can see any updates or whether new episodes are coming out or if I'm dropping an extra episode or a bonus episode, um, whatever the case may be. You guys can see all that content over there on the Instagram page. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this episode. Um, I'm super excited to be talking about this topic because this is something that I struggled with highly, especially in my first few years doing my PhD. Um, And even something that I have to get on top of now while I'm finishing out my PhD, and that's organization. Um, Like, why is it so important to be organized? Um, You know, it, it sounds very, like, obvious, but it's something that goes way over your head when you have some so many different things that you're juggling all at the same time. If you're someone that's just starting in the lab and you're taking all these different classes and you have to stay on top of all the different assignments, exams, quizzes, midterms, papers, whatever, but you also have to dedicate time to the lab and you also have to make sure that you're meeting with all the people that you're supposed to be meeting with and completing all the trainings that you're supposed to be completing, how, you know, it's so easy to fall out of a routine and just be overwhelmed by everything. And that's why organization and organizational skills are really going to help you out here and make it just so much easier to go through your PhD, especially right at the beginning. So let's give some context to this, some backstory. During my first year of my PhD, I was incredibly disorganized, very unorganized. Just the the guy that would throw all the papers into his backpack, no folders, no binders. My lab notebook was a mess. You couldn't make heads of or tails of anywhere within that. 
of what the experiments I was doing. My desktop had files all over the place and it was incredibly, incredibly unorganized. And that's what I used to do during my undergraduate. And that's what worked for me. I mean, it didn't require the amount of organizational skills to get through my undergraduate because I wasn't juggling as much. And that was just me personally. Now, let me give some foreshadowing of what might happen in this situation, because I think that's really important and what happened to me. For example, in my lab notebook, that it was all over the place. If you're not keeping good tabs of your lab notebook and the experiments that you're running, what happened to me was that when I had to replicate that experiment two weeks later, a month later, whatever the case was, I couldn't because I didn't remember exactly everything that I had done. It's so important to write down every single detail into your lab notebook so that when you go to replicate it, you're doing it exactly the way that you had done it before. Even if you're troubleshooting it, just to know exactly where something may have went wrong, it's so important to have that really good source of record keeping. And the real danger to that is that obviously it's going to make your PhD a lot harder because... The whole entirety of a PhD is maybe 90 to 95% of it is troubleshooting and the other 5% are going to be results. That's what you hear all the time doing your PhD is that you're going to be replicating and replicating and replicating your experiments with minor little tweaks here and there just to make sure that it's perfect. And in reality, if you're not keeping good record of that, you're not going to be able to do that. And what I found during my first year of my PhD is that these bad habits begin to leak into other bad habits. So, for example, I didn't have a routine. I wasn't on time to things. I was for, like, I was very late to things, actually. I had a lot of issues with keeping on top of things and making sure that things were getting done in a timely manner, meeting my deadlines, meeting my expectations, so on and so forth. And these are part of the growing pains of a PhD. This isn't unexpected. There are a lot of students that face these types of issues, but working through that and reestablishing or establishing a proper routine is so important in order to make your PhD that much more doable so that you can tackle the heavy workloads that are going to be coming towards you. And so I'm already teasing the first part of this tip, but I'm going to give you guys three tips and things that I changed in my PhD career that have made me so much more of an efficient student, someone that's a lot better at record keeping and going through their day-to-days in order to, you know, be the best that I can be in the lab and outside of the lab. My first tip for this is to have a routine. And so it sounds a little silly and maybe something that you might not identify with or even relate to, but having a routine makes your life so much easier. And as you start to get into the swing of things, you start to find the areas in which you can improve. So let me take you through my day. My day starts around 7 in the morning, usually 7, 6.37 in the morning. I'll be getting up, and the first thing that I want to do is go for a walk. And so what I like to do is I'll go for a 30-minute to one-hour walk, and that's depending on how I'm feeling and, and everything in between. And that way I'm getting out for me, like that's my cardio in the day. That's my exercise of the day. Now you don't have to be somebody that's into exercise or anything like that, but that gives me, you know, the beginning of my day to do something that I want. And so once I get that out of the way, I get back home, I make my coffee, I get ready for work and then I head out. So I'll head into the lab somewhere around 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. And I'll be at the lab until 5 p.m. ish, 6 p.m. ish. And once that's done, I head home and I have dinner 
and that's pretty much my day. After dinner, I spend time either working on something that I need to get done that day or something that's going to carry over to the next day or even planning out the next day, whatever it is, just something that I can incorporate into a routine. And so I know already that my day is going to start like this. This is what's going to be within my day. And this is how my day is going to end. Now, a PhD is not a typical nine to five job. It's not going to be something where you go in and you're doing the same things every day. It's going to change day to day. You might have more experiments today than you do tomorrow. You might have no experiments to do. You might have a day full of meetings. You might have a day with training, a day where you have to go off site or on site or whatever it is. So having that routine allows you to build in the things that you need to do. And there's going to be a lot of stress in a PhD. There's going to be a lot of emotional highs and lows. And a great way to temper that is through routine. If you have a routine and you were to graph out your highs and lows, imagine that it's lowering your highs and hiring your lows so that it's much more of a straight and narrow path as opposed to something that's a lot more jagged. Like whenever you see those PhD representations in a meme or whatever, the road to a PhD, it's all over the place. And that's reality. I mean, it is going to be all over the place. But establishing a routine in your own life is going to help minimize a lot of those crazy and sporadic different ways that it could go. Another benefit to establishing a routine is that not only are you normalizing the things that you do and normalizing the emotions that you go through throughout a day or throughout your entire PhD career, you're also making time that you can have as buffers. So what I mean by that is typically I try to finish out all of my experiments by 2 or 3 p.m. And so I'm going to try and make sure that everything is being done in a timely and efficient manner so that I'm not pushing it super late into the night or super late into the day. And by having that buffer, as I'm saying, a PhD is going to be sporadic. There's going to be a lot of things that just kind of come out and you might have more experiments this day than the next day or meetings or trainings or whatever. By having that buffer, I can now move things around and make sure that everything that I need to do is still getting done in that same day and in a timely manner. And so a routine is incredibly important. And in order to establish a good routine, you need to be really good at scheduling. Which brings us to our next tip, which is using your organizational tools effectively. Organizational tools are just going to make your PhD easier. It's as simple as that. There are so many tools available for every different aspect of organization that'll just help you make sure that everything is where you need it to be. And so with the first one, I want to start with the scheduling. So have a calendar or a planner or something that allows you to pencil in or even type up what you're going to be doing that day or throughout the week. For this, personally, I use an online planner. I use my uh, Outlook calendar to schedule everything that I know is going on. And this works out because everybody that I work with also uses an Outlook calendar. And I can see when we have meetings, I can invite people to meetings, I can invite people to events and whatever I need to invite people to. And they can also do that with me. And it'll automatically populate in that calendar and everything is all set and ready to go. And so I can see in the next week, in the next month, different events or different things that I need to pay attention to and plan around that accordingly. That allows me to keep my routine the way that it is and not have crazy days where I'm not ready for it. If you don't have Outlook, then you can use a Gmail calendar. Google also has a calendar. 
And if you're not somebody that's super techie and you don't like the online, even though it's super helpful because there's a lot of alerts that you can set up, you can link it to your phone, whatever, um, you can use a physical planner or a physical calendar, something that you keep at your desk, something that stays with you. And there's a lot of power to writing things down. By writing things down, you're more likely to remember them. So if that's something that works more on your pace, then you feel free to use it. But it is something that all PhD students should be doing is just getting better at scheduling. And that way you can keep your routine. The next organizational tool that I want to highlight is a citation manager. This is something that you're going to be using quite often and something that'll help you out a lot while you're reading. So as we've kind of talked about throughout the podcast and a recurring theme of this podcast is that you're going to be reading a lot. There's going to be a lot of different articles that you're going through, different types of articles, reviews, primary literature, short communications, editorials, everything. And something that I used to do at the beginning of my PhD is that every single paper that I had read, I would download it and put it into a folder. Now doing that I wasn't naming all the files and sometimes I would forget what files were what and you know I'm I've now got a folder full of just a bunch of different papers and you'll see this all the time through all different PhD students that they just have this whole catalog that they've built of different articles and they can't tell you what's what or go back to the right article to really talk about what it is. And so a citation manager is just going to make that a lot easier. I use EndNote And EndNote is a great way for me to catalog all of the articles that I read into libraries. So I have a full library of all the different things that I've read throughout my PhD. And within that library, I have sub-libraries. So I like to organize things by saying primary articles, reviews, short communications. That way I know what type of article they are when I put them into the sub-library. And even within the sub-libraries, I can have more sub-libraries that are talking about different special topics. And for EndNote, it's super easy to use. I mean, all I have to do is really grab the link from PubMed or even the PubMed ID or even just search it throughout their catalog because they have a catalog of all the different journals that they support. And I can just search it straight up and put it into my library, just document it into my library. Through there, I can add comments to it. I have the exact date that I grabbed the citation and threw it in there. And then that's also easily incorporated into Microsoft Word so that when I'm writing a paper, I can use in-text citations to directly put in any of the citations that I need to into whatever I'm writing. Now, this isn't a special promotion for EndNote. I don't want it to sound like that, but that just happens to be the citation manager that I use. I get EndNote through my university or through my institution. I know that EndNote licenses are very expensive, and if your institution doesn't offer that, you might not be willing to pay that. So there are also free citation managers that also work with Microsoft Word and can create libraries and just make it that much easier. And those would be Zotero, RefWorks, and Mendeley. Now, I've heard the most about Zotero and Mendeley, and the most general positive reviews have come from Zotero, but I'm not familiar with that application, so I can't give you a review on that. But if you do need a free citation manager, I would definitely check those out. Finally, we should also talk about the lab notebook. This is going to be the organizational tool that really helps you in your day-to-day as a scientist, somebody that's doing a lot of experiments. A habit that you need to set for yourself in the laboratory is making sure that you are effectively using your laboratory notebook. So writing everything that you do throughout the day in your lab notebook. 
Some people will do the experiments and jot down a bunch of notes and then go back through and refine their laboratory notebook. If that works for you, that's fine. For me, that doesn't work at all because then by the time that I'm at the end of the day, I don't really feel like going back through and writing out everything that I'd already done. Um, What I typically do is that while I'm doing the experiment, I'll be just jotting down any notes pretty quickly. And then during the incubation times, if there are incubation times or anywhere where there's a little bit of a break, I'm really just going to write out everything. And this is going, when I say everything, I mean everything. Any types of observations that I'm making, any calculations that I'm doing by hand, all of this is going into the laboratory notebook. And by doing this, the next time that I do an experiment or that I do a similar experiment or even the same experiment, I'm going to be able to look back through and know exactly what I did. Now, even though this is one of those obvious organizational tools that every scientist needs to have, this is also one of the most essential ones. And it might sound boring to be listening to this, but let's try to upgrade it as much as we can as well. So what I've started doing is that I have my physical lab notebook, which I can go back through and write down everything that I have. And that's essential. That needs to be there. But I've also started having an online version of my laboratory notebook, one where I do it through Microsoft Excel. So for example, if I'm doing a protein assay, I can have one tab that has all of my samples and the different IDs to my samples, what I might be labeling them, the different tubes, everything that I make up my samples in. That way I have the characterization and all that in one tab. The next tab might be the protein concentrations and the BCA that I ran for that or the Bradford assay or whatever that you're using. The third tab might be the experiment. The fourth tab might be the results. The fifth tab, the analysis. So that way I just have it in a very easy flow through type of online library that I can share with others. That way I'm not just lugging around this heavy book um, and sharing everything that I have that way. But it's just so much more intuitive and easier to use. And that way you have better access to the data. And that's all the organizational tools that I want to talk about in this episode of the podcast. In future episodes, I'll be highlighting other organizational tools or other tools that will be very helpful for PhD students. But for the sake of this episode, those are the main three that I wanted to go through. I do want to leave you with a bonus tool, though, and that's just going to be a day-to-day journal. This is something that you can write all of your thoughts in and really record your emotions throughout. I've talked about it in previous episodes that having this type of journal or access to your emotions is really important for you to map out how you're feeling, you know, throughout a week or throughout the month and really understanding the causes and basis to those feelings. It doesn't just have to be about emotions though. It can also be about ideas that you're having throughout your PhD, scientific ideas or things that you might think are very helpful for you to continue throughout your PhD. This is actually an idea that I got from my PI. I noticed that he would jot down a lot of ideas or just these sentences into his notebook. And one time he referred to me that I should be doing this as well because this is just something that helps you throughout the scientific process. There are going to be a lot of times where you're stuck on something or that you're not understanding what the next route is going to be throughout your project. And by jotting down your ideas and really organizing it, you have a better way of tackling it. Because when you go back and you start to read through, you understand what you were thinking back then. Maybe new ideas pop up now and you can combine those or even separate those and really start to make progress throughout your entire PhD. So up to this point, we've talked about having a routine as well as using organizational tools effectively. 
the last one that I really wanted to go through, the last tip that I wanted to go through, and I cannot stress this enough, the importance is to have recurring meetings to help hold yourself accountable. So at the beginning of my PhD, I had lab meetings as well as biweekly meetings with my PI. And those were great because I was getting everything done that I needed to before lab meeting. And in my biweekly meetings with my PI, we would recap everything that I'd done and kind of put together what I need to do in the future. Those meetings were really good for my progress in work and my progress doing experiments. But beyond that, there's going to be progress in reading and your conceptualization and where you are with training. And sometimes it's just so hard to get all of that stuff done in a biweekly meeting or even in a lab meeting, just because there are so many other people that are giving their opinions during a lab meeting and your biweekly meeting. You only have so much time to talk to your PI, so you're really experiment focused or whatever. You should feel comfortable talking about everything, but adding more meetings with other people that you trust and that you look up to as mentors is really going to be helpful as well. So my organizational skills, as I've kind of highlighted throughout the entirety of this episode, is that it was really bad at the beginning. Uh, in my first year of my PhD, even in my second year of my PhD, it didn't really turn around until I started having weekly recurring meetings with my postdoc. So I would have these weekly recurring meetings and she always required that I had what I had done previously and what I had, what I planned to do in the future, as well as a part for comments all printed out. So I would have a word document with all of that printed out. And what that inevitably did was that it held me accountable because now I had this hard copy of everything that I'd done in the previous week and everything that I wanted to do in the next week before my next meeting. And sometimes I wouldn't hit everything that I need to do and that's normal. That's okay. And it would just help me temper expectations a little better and plan a little better. And if I did hit everything and beyond, it gave me more time to do things. So it really started to stress on how important my organization was because without that, I wouldn't have been able to tackle everything I did in a timely manner. To highlight the importance of those meetings, those meetings started to happen at the end of my first year of my PhD throughout. And the postdoc that had started that with me has since left. I still, in my fifth year of my PhD, have those weekly meetings with my postdoc. Even though she's not the same person and she doesn't necessarily work on the same project that I do, she's still a recent graduate. And she's able to help me out and plan things accordingly and understand what I'm capable of doing versus what I'm not capable of doing and really planning out what needs to happen throughout my PhD. So in our last meeting that we just had this past week, I had printed out a my path to graduation type of uh, document. And what we did was we went over everything that I need to do experiment wise, writing wise, and we helped organize that out into time and really figure out when it's going to be possible for me to graduate. So remember, even if you're not the best at organizational skills or organizing anything, I wasn't either. And it's still super important for you to learn to do that so that you can make the PhD as easy as possible. I hope that by giving some of these tips, they'll help you out. And if any of these stories sound familiar to you, you can get through it just as I did. And with that, let's go ahead to our Reddit post of the day. I wanted to go with a funny one that ties back to organizational skills, and I think I nailed this one. So this one is from eight months ago and it's titled, I have a confession to make. And it reads, I have a tab problem. 
I'm currently looking at my computer screen where there are three Chrome windows totaling 91 tabs, some of which have been there for months, plus a Microsoft Edge window with five tabs. Yes, this is a cry for help. The number of comments on this Reddit post is actually insane. Some person wrote, I don't even know how many tabs I have anymore. Google Chrome just gives me a smiley face. And the reason why this is so funny is because I personally know, I mean, I'm one of those people, like I usually have like 30 tabs open or something like that. Um, not 90, but I know some people that will have five, six, seven, I think eight or nine windows was around the record that my postdoc set and she has multiple tabs. And for some reason she knows exactly where every tab is. But then also doesn't understand why her computer <laughs> slows down the way that it does. So for organizational skills, I can't really give any tips for this one because I do it too. And I have no idea how to combat this. But just know that during your PhD, you are going to run across this where you're going to have a billion tabs open from months in advance or months in the past. And you're going to feel like it, it's kind of like hoarding. You know, like you, you hoard the tabs because you feel like they're going to be important someday and they most of the time aren't, or you'll just have five of the same tab open and just not realize it. But I didn't realize how many people actually did this. So I have a question for you guys. I'm going to put a question under the Spotify and I'll even make this a poll on Instagram, but how many tabs do you guys normally have running on your computer? Because for me, it's, it's now somewhere in the 15 to 20 range, but I'm, I'm really interested in how many people actually experience this. But that's everything for today, guys. That'll do it for the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and thanks for being patient with me as I had family in town and wasn't able to record an episode. Again, we will be releasing episodes every Monday with the hope that I can uh, make some episodes in the back burner and have as either bonus episodes throughout the week or whatever we can get out on a schedule. But the normal schedule will be every Monday. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at phdsg underscore pod. That will be linked in the Spotify description below. And as this podcast continues to grow, please feel free to share it with any prospective or current PhD students that you know that would benefit from this information. So... I'm your host, Firas, and I'm signing out. Thanks for tuning in, guys.